Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. Morning. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 857. We'll start off with a couple of international stories this morning. First from New Zealand. New Zealand, where the votes are in and the New Zealand Bird of the Year has been chosen. The winner is the Pekka Pekka Torua. But its victory is controversial. And for a very understandable reason, it's because the Pekka Pekka Torua is not a bird. It's a bat. It's the long-tailed bat, to be specific, and it defeated more than 70 bird species in the vote. Some bird lovers, though, have demanded a recount. The goal of the vote was to raise awareness of the country's native species that are under threat, and the long-tailed bat is one of them. So congratulations to the Pekka Pekka Torua New Zealand's <clears throat> Bird of the Year. And thanks to our friend Jeff Collins for first alerting us to the story. Thank you, Jeff. Meanwhile, farther north, what's going on with European bird migration? Well, according to researchers at Durham University in the UK, climate change might make winter bird migration a thing of the past. They found that some species of migratory birds are spending as much as two months less time per year than they used to in their African wintering grounds. The big drop in time spent on non-breeding territory suggests that these birds are able to survive later in the season up in their European breeding grounds than before, making experts wonder whether some birds may eventually give up their long-distance migration routines. Quite a change in just another example that climate change effects are not something we might experience in the future. They are happening right now. We want to give a shout-out to members of the Talking Birds flock, Facebook group who are posting some wonderful stuff worth seeing. For example, photos shared by Elizabeth Hughes and Vincent Praplowenis and Elise Torello and other flock members. Some really cool images of common raven, black-billed and yellow-billed cuckoo, blue-winged and palm warbler, and a 33-pound Andean condor. Pretty spectacular photos there. The Talking Birds flock is exclusively for Talking Birds listeners. You can check it out. And join it, if you like, by typing in Talkin' Birds Flock at Facebook.com. That would be the sound of our mystery bird, and this would be a preview of our contest coming along in just a little bit. Here are some clues. It's a medium-sized sparrow-like bird with a short, thick, pointed bill, white outer tail feathers, and streaked sides. The breeding male sports a black face and chest and a rust-colored nape, the back of the neck. In winter, the bird retains its face pattern, but without those blocks of color becoming mostly pale brown and streaked. Part of its common name comes from its unusually long hind claw. Our bird, which breeds in the Arctic tundra, winters in open fields across much of the U.S. and Canada, feeding by foraging on the ground for seeds, 
During breeding season, they also eat insects and other invertebrates. That's our mystery bird. Prizes include the Droll Yankees Chickadee Feeder, the Cute Chickadee Feeder. That's the name of it, the Cute Chickadee Feeder. Let's you manage the size of visiting birds with its height-adjustable dome. And its dish is perfect for sunflower seed, mixed seed, fruit, or mealworms. Our other prize is a $15 gift certificate to Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of bird and nature books in the world. So we're happy to have those beautiful prizes. And if we get to our bonus question, we'll also give away, or try to, a $20 certificate to Wisdom Supply Company, makers of those eco-friendly and bird-friendly products for home and office. So our Mystery Bird Contest coming along just a little bit later on in this morning's show. A couple of weeks ago, we offered a conservation salute to Ford Motor Company for their commitment to clean energy electric vehicles and their plan to spend $11.4 billion on vehicle and battery plants in Tennessee and Kentucky. Well, today we salute another big company pledging that same amount to build two U.S. battery factories. The company is Stellantis. That's the new parent company of Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, and other car makers. Start of production scheduled for early 2024. One caveat is that while Stellantis says it intends to have 40% of its U.S. sales come from electric vehicles by 2030, it hasn't exactly clarified what it means by electric vehicles. They're rolling out several plug-in hybrids now, but the company does say it will offer fully electric SUVs by 2025. Here's a salute to our Talking Birds ambassadors, the great listeners who help us spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. And thank you to John B. from Layton, Utah. It's about halfway between Ogden and Salt Lake City in Utah. Thank you so much, John. And thank you to Robert Parrott. That's how he pronounces it, from Troy, Idaho. Thank you so much, Robert. And thanks for your kind comments, too. How to join Robert and John as a Talking Birds ambassador? Well, it's very easy. And becoming one means we'll send you a batch of our little info cards, which you can hand out at your convenience to friends and fellow birders and nature lovers, thereby helping us to spread the word about birds and conservation. So to do it, just click on the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. That's the Get Involved tab right at the top of the homepage there at TalkingBirds.com. There's no G in talking. Mm-hmm. And still to come on our show today, we'll learn about ornotherapy from the co-author of a remarkable new book on the topic. We'll also catch up with Mike O'Connor in an almost live Let's Ask Mike segment, the subject of which will be Bird Tales. And up next, we'll meet a deep-diving bird that some call the Whistler. It's our featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. To help introduce our featured feathered friend, here's newly inducted Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member, Tina Turner. See reflections on the water more than darkness in the depths See him surface and never a shadow On the wind I feel his breath Golden eye I found his weakness Yes, Golden eye Golden 
In this case, the diving duck, known as the common golden eye, does have a weakness for crustaceans. It can't seem to get enough of those shrimp and crabs and barnacles, too, as it folds its wings tight to its body and kicks all the way down to the bottom of bays and lakes and rivers for those life-sustaining morsels. Common golden eyes are chunky, big-headed ducks. Males have an iridescent dark greenish-black head with a round white cheek patch, a dark bill, and a dark back. Females have a chocolate-brown head with slaty-gray coloring on the back, wings, and tail. Both sexes have white chests and undersides and golden-yellow eyes. On its breeding grounds way up in northern Canada, the golden eye has a diet consisting mainly of aquatic insects. It tries to avoid being eaten itself by hawks, owls, and eagles while on the water, and by bears, weasels, and minks on land. Meanwhile, it tries to protect its nest and eggs from raccoons, red squirrels, and even woodpeckers like northern flickers. And then there are hunters to contend with. It's thought that the current rate of the killing of these birds by hunting is similar to what it was in the 70s when some 188,000 common golden eyes were gunned down. The common golden eye is one of the last ducks to migrate south in the fall and it will winter as far north as open water allows. Not surprisingly, thanks to the sound the bird's wings make in flight, it's often called the Whistler. Its species scientific name, Clangula, comes from a Greek word meaning scream. It's Bucephala Clangula, the common golden eye. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome back to our show, number 857. Well, actually, we didn't go away anywhere, so just uh, welcome again to our show. Holly Merker is the co-author of the new book, Ornotherapy, for your mind, body, and soul. And she's about to uh, join us here to tell us about Ornotherapy and the book. Good morning, Holly. Good morning, Ray. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure, indeed. It's great to have you. And I guess we can figure out ornotherapy, what that kind of, how those words mash together, but maybe you can give us a a definition. Sure. Well, how we define it in our book is the mindful observation of birds benefiting our minds, bodies, and souls. So ornotherapy really could be whatever you want it to be. But in this book, we provide guidance towards the definition I just shared. Okay, and you have a whole uh, kind of a schematic here of how that works. And you do have a how to use this book uh, at the beginning and written to be used, you say, right outside your own window or door. This book can be portable or for stationary observation. Tell us more about what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the content of this book was written during the pandemic when a lot of us were 
forced to stay within a, a very defined space, whether that be inside our homes or perhaps right outside in our own gardens or yards or neighborhoods. And so I wanted people to have the opportunity not to feel like they had to travel to seek out birds because really birds were right there for us all along. And making these connections, particularly during the pandemic when most of us couldn't have friends over or even our family to mm -hmm. enjoy holidays, we could invite the birds into our worlds and lives. And they provided us so much comfort. And even just even without binoculars, um, I wanted people to have a new way of looking at and connecting with the birds who are really uh, part of our our ecosystem and the world we live in, but also are much like our friends. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a way of slowing down and looking at birds, isn't it? Absolutely. So when we really start to pay attention and to become more mindful in our approach to bird watching, and, and that really is just um, going out with some intention to pay attention to birds mm -hmm. in a little bit more focused way and without judging that experience and prioritizing the quality of our experiences with birds without focusing so much on the quantity of how many birds did I see mm -hmm. in a single outing um, and really sparking a lot of curiosity really thinking about the birds making these connections and living in the moment with the birds because birds they too live in the moment mm -hmm. you kind of have three parts to the book uh, is one way of describing it i think explorations and meditations and journaling so in your explorations one of the topics is color in nature and then you kind of bridge that to exploring ornotherapy mm -hmm. tell us how that structure works yeah so throughout the book i have 58 explorations which invite the reader to go on sort of a journey exploring birds and, uh, from a, a little different or closer uh, view. Um, and in this case, when I'm asking um, or inviting the reader to explore color, um, I, I ask them to think about how many colors they might see in a single bird that they observe and challenge them to match colors of the rainbow with a single bird that they might see, which mm -hmm. sometimes can be tricky. But if we start really looking and we, we can find patterns of color. Mm -hmm. We can find colors that perhaps we never noticed before. By the way, uh, another part there of explorations is cortisol in nature. Oh, and yeah. uh, you cite a University of Michigan study about actual measurable health benefits of connecting with nature. Yeah, so there's a lot of science that is emerging right now and studies that show that connecting to the natural world provide us immeasurable benefits to our overall well-being, whether that be our physical health, um, which cortisol is <laughs> directly attributed to, but also our, our uh, mental health, um, our mental overall well-being. Again, a relationship with cortisol. So cortisol itself is a stress hormone that kicks into overdrive when we are feeling anxious or when there are a lot of pressures in our lives. And when this happens, it um, affects our immune system and our body's ability uh, to fight disease and infection, but also it, it um, sort of controls our overall feelings of anxiety or depression. When we use nature, or when we experience the outdoor world, studies are showing 
that our cortisol levels actually decrease uh, to levels that allow us to feel a sense of more calm and uh, and soothing. So really, in other parts of the globe, uh, prescriptions of going outdoors and connecting to the natural world and using birds as that gateway are being prescribed by doctors, physicians in other parts of the globe right now. Mm -hmm. And it's because we know that some of these effects mitigate stress and anxiety and actually promote overall well-being. Mm -hmm. Well, Holly, there's a very personal part to your book and it relates to medicine as you just mentioned and it's headlined how how birds saved my life and that's quite literally meant i wonder if you'd read that for us absolutely so in the book i write birds are medicine for the mind body and soul here is a photo of me birding in the white mountains of new hampshire halfway through a six-month rigorous course of chemotherapy for breast cancer baldness hidden by a wig i'm wearing a beaming smile because being in nature and watching birds was what nourished my spirit and gave me strength and courage to summit a different kind of mountain. Connecting to birds and nature was a frontline weapon in my battle. And for me, it was as powerful as the conventional treatments enlisted to restore my health. Birding brought me peace, mental recharging, and restoration of energy in ways I cannot describe. As all consuming a cancer diagnosis can be, I didn't allow this game changer to steal me from my love of birds and birding. Birding while undergoing treatment set me on a path towards healing and recovery and a metamorphosis of my new normal. The respite ornotherapy provides from the chronic grip of crisis can be lightened to opening a door into a temporary world of peace. My focus while birding shifted from my own survival to the survival of birds and the pressures they face. I lost my hair from chemo on Mother's Day Eve. The next morning, I went out to search for birds and process this loss. I remember being completely in the moment of observation when I serendipitously (laughs) found the nest of a cerulean warbler, a species rare in my area. The experience of watching another young family in survival mode put a lot into perspective for me as I worked through my own will to live. Mm-hmm. To bring birds closer at a time when I couldn't easily move around, I saved all the hair I lost from the effects of chemo and placed it in a suet cage to offer as nesting material for the birds to gather that spring. The satisfaction of watching a tufted titmouse pull strands of my wasted hair and carry it away made the loss purposeful and emphasized that simple things can be so powerful. During the tough times in life, we all need to find what fills us up and helps us recharge. We can find then fortitude and peace amidst the storm. Birds are my go-to therapy and medicine. I hope they will be yours too. Holly Merker is the co-author of Ornotherapy for Your Mind, Body, and Soul. And also uh, part of the Ornotherapy Outreach Program. We don't have time really to talk about that right now, but we can refer folks to your website. That's ornotherapy.com for these wonderful programs that you do. Ornotherapy.com is the website. Holly, thank you so much. Congratulations on the book, and thanks for sharing those wonderful insights. Thank you so much, Ray. I appreciate it. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. 
The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That's our mystery bird. That's the sound of it right there. A medium-sized sparrow-like bird. The male spar- uh, breeding male sports a black face and chest and a rust-colored nape. Pretty distinctive. Part of its common name comes from its unusually long hind claw couple of big clues there about our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes await from Droll Yankees and Beautio Books. And remember, you don't necessarily have to get the right answer because a drawing will determine our winner if nobody quite latches onto it. So give it a try at this number at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. As always, we urge you to call as soon as you can so we'll have time for our little contest here. 781-837-4900. And the reminder, too, that if you're not hearing our show live, you can do so very easily and enter our contest. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. Our live broadcast, by the way, is on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Up next, a visit with Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautyobooks.com My name is Fernando B. Carrada. And I'm calling from South Burlington, Vermont. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because I was very interested in passing the knowledge from the show. I would like to encourage listeners of the Talking Bird show to become ambassadors. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. Join today and thanks. Well, this is pretty exciting. Mike O'Connor there at the Birdwatchers General Store. We have to check with us on his topic here, and he says it's about bird tales. And we love stories. So this <laughs> ought to be just terrific. Good morning, Mike. That's right. Gather around yeah. the fire, kids. We have some bird tales to discuss today. I know. I got the spelling wrong here. Debbie yeah. is here with us to correct me on that, but I still got it, <laughs> I still got it wrong. It's really T-A-I-L-S, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a little different, right? Okay. I don't, yeah, sometimes. It's the technicality, but it is a difference going on there. Yeah, small thing. Bird tales. Yeah, bird tales. Sometimes you get birds. Birds, you know, I guess most birds are famous for their tails. They're certainly proud of their anatomy. And, you know, certain times of year, they may 
might be missing. A lot of times it's due to molting, but this time of year, late in the year, um, you might see a bird without a tail. A customer had a picture of a morning dove, and, you know, it looked like a sweet potato because it was like the tail was totally missing. And people wonder if the birds are okay, will they be able to fly and survive without their tail? And the answer to that is certainly yes. The birds don't need their tail at all for flying. Like they really, it really depends upon their wings. And usually this time of year, uh, the, the t- a lot of times that they lose their tail from a predator attack. They get something tries to grab them, be a fox or something, and and the tail feathers come out rather easily. You know, like those lizards when you grab the tail and it yeah. goes running away, you end up with a hunk of tail that was the same thing. They, it's kind of a way for them to escape. You know, like. Remember back when you were starting quarterback for the Rhode Island uh, school broadcasting, and you had that tearaway jersey, oh, so you'd always score the touchdown. Oh, right? yeah, our team, the Fumblers. Yeah, they were awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It helps them get away. But fortunately, the tails grow back fairly quickly. Depending on the health of the bird, it might be as short as two weeks where the tail comes wow. back. If it's a good, healthy bird, it might take a little longer if they don't have enough nutrition. But the tail is important for birds, and depending on the species, you know, um, certainly hawks and larger birds use the tail for soaring, or they flare it out when they're trying to land. It's kind of like a, an air brake for them yeah. when, they, when they go to uh, when, when they go to land. A, uh, a lot of birds use it for balance songbirds, particularly when they land on a branch. They use that tail as kind of a counterbalance. They also use it for displaying. You know, some birds have a tail that really helps them attract the mate, but they're all, the rest of the time they're almost in the way. I think peacock comes to mind. You know, I think a lot of times these birds would be better off without such elaborate tails. The hummingbirds, too, with the crazy tails there. Yeah. They, well, they, the hummingbirds' tails, they use those for, again, display. You know, yeah. when they're angry or they're trying to attract a female, they flare it out. Like yeah. you'll, get, you'll see a most time hummingbirds look like a blur, but then you slow it down and those tails flare out. And they've got a lot of red and white and colors on the edge that they flare out. And I think one of the, the birds that probably use it the most for survival are the, are the woodpeckers. And, you know, yeah. the woodpeckers, they, they had, their tails were stiffer, yeah. and they, they push them against the trunk of the tree so the, the birds can rear back. I'm, I'm actually demonstrating this right now. You probably can't see it. Camera three, get it close. Yeah. <laughs> So they lean against the tree with their stiff tails yeah. so they can hammer into the tree. And so they would definitely need a, a tail to grow back. And, and, and then for mating, you get the Wilson snipe, right? They have that little funky edging on their tail yeah. so when they flutter around. That winnowing thing. Correct, yeah. yeah. So tails are important, but they grow back unless, um, unless there's some kind of damage. Mm-hmm. They'll grow back and they'll be fine. They're just a little, little funky for a few days. But other than that, they'll grow back. All right, well, thank you for that info, Mike. Next time, Mike will tell us why birds never have their tails in front. <laughs> More research. Thank you, Mike. You got it. Back Mike O'Connor week. down there at the uh, famous Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Meanwhile, we'll be back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. And now we are back at the Mystery Bird Contest. There's the bird, 781-837-4900. There's the phone number. What is that uh, mystery bird? Vern is somewhere in California. Good morning, Vern. 
Good morning. Good good morning. Uh, whereabouts in the Golden State, if you care to share? Uh, we're in Oakhurst, which is in the central California, the western slope of the Sierras, just just south of the Yosemite border. Oh, oh south of Yosemite. Nice. All right. Well, uh, Vern, you heard that uh, mystery bird and those clues and all that, and you say uh, it's what? Uh, Lapland Longspur. Well, that is a... More than a top quality guess, I believe that is, <laughs> that is correct. Lapland Longspur, absolutely uh, right. What a cool, uh, cool looking bird that is. Certainly in uh, breeding plumage. Uh, Vern, thank you so much. And if you will stay on the line, we will arrange to uh, send those uh, prizes out to you. Thank you, Ray. All right, thank you, thank you, Vern. Out there in California, uh, Oakhurst, I think he said. Uh, and again, the mystery bird there, the Lapland Longspur. Really hungry birds. The, ornith uh, the uh, Cornell Lab of Ornithology says they eat an estimated 3,000 to 10,000 insects per day during summer and feed their nestlings per day an additional 3,000 insects. Kind of hard to even picture that, but... That's what Cornell Lab says, so we believe it. Next week, we'll welcome a dedicated crusader against the use and abuse of rodenticides. Gary Menon will be here to tell us why he is so passionate about the subject and why it's so important that we all know about it. That's next week. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, our special assistant, Audrey Stack, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com.